0: Welcome to the Transforming Your Life podcast with Dr. Malika for February the 5th, 2019. Um, I am excited to come back to you. Hopefully, you guys have been keeping up with the podcast. This is episode four. We also had a, a special edition episode that came out last Friday that was about racism, whether or not it was a mental illness, and we dealt with that today i felt like it was appropriate with valentine's day being next week that we talk about love love addicts um love is a good thing and we all know that that's what we're all seeking but when is there a problem with how we love when is there a problem where we are crossing over into the addictive part of dealing with love and so that's what i wanted to talk to you guys about today is Love Addicts. So stay tuned and we are going to get into it in just a minute. And we're back. We are talking today about Love Addicts and looking at love in a way that could possibly be unhealthy and addressing it. Um, how many times have we said about loving a person too much, if it's possible to love too much. Um, There are a couple quotes that I thought would be applicable to this particular podcast topic. One is from Alma Cogan. It says, I love you too much. I've known it from the start, but yet my love is such. I can't control my heart. Another one is Mae West, which um, I thought that this was actually really cute considering it came from her too much of a good thing is wonderful. All right. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but let's just look at the loving too much aspect of this first before we get into the love addiction part of it. Um, we know that love is desirable. Um, it's one of those things that from a moral standpoint, people don't have qualms or arguments against loving people. Um, We may be selective of who we love, but love itself is not something that is undesirable. Um, And it entails a profound care for another person. This person can be a friend. This person can be a family member. This person can be someone romantically that you're involved in. And it's kind of hard to see how something that's so positive, that has positive effects on us can be actually criticized and looked at in a negative way. But there are people... Um, who do look at love and do look at the people who are loving as being excessive and so let's talk about what are some of the signs that you'll see that says a person is possibly loving too much all right Um, loving is wonderful but when you start to see changes in a person's behavior things that start to be obsessive in a way and definitely characterizes excessive, then maybe that's a red flag of something that you need to actually look into. Now, there is with this particular emotion, it's criticized a lot, right? So a lot of people criticize like, you know, that person is unlovable. We don't think that you should be going through all that. But the one thing that we have to look at when it comes to love is that how we value it and who we determine is valuable enough to get it cannot always be quantified and so because of that it makes a little irrational to some people who don't understand why you're so focused on loving and caring for this particular person especially if they can't see the value in loving that person a lot of us have heard you know i just want that person to be happy and i feel like they can do better Um, They're, you know, they're doing too much. That person is not deserving of their love. Again, that's our perspective. And we're criticizing from our purview as opposed to the person that is actually in that relationship intimately with that other person and actually engaging in the relationship. But looking at that particular thing, we know that love on its surface seems very theoretical in nature, It's one of those concepts that people try to quantify. You really can't quantify it. Yes, we probably can measure your love language and how you love, but it's one of those things that you really can't put a value to. And because of that, you will always have this debate about whether or not a person is doing too much, whether or not a person is loving too much. And so to close this particular segment out talking about loving too much, I want to say this emotions, any emotion can be harmful if it's excessive. And so emotional excess is harmful for a variety of reasons that anything else that's done in excess is harmful. If you eat too much food itself is not harmful, but if you eat too much food, it could possibly harm you. Um, Alcohol in itself, if drank moderately, is not harmful. But obviously, if you drink too much, that can harm you. So I would look at making sure that you have temperance in what you do excessiveness in love can impede a person from seeing the broader perspective of what's happening because they're so enamored with this person that they can't really see with clarity what is going on. So make sure that there's perspective in what's happening with love. Make sure that you are looking at things with clarity and looking at things objectively because sometimes our emotions get the best of us, but make sure you're looking objectively. So when we get back, we're going to get into the segment where we're going to talk about love addiction. Is it a thing? What is it? And what can we do to help a person that might be dealing with it? Be right back. Welcome back to the podcast. Now we are delving into the Topic area directly related to the theme for today's episode love addicts. Love addicts. Um, we're going to talk about addiction, love addiction. What is it? Is it a thing? And I want us to get into this a little bit deeper. So we know that addiction itself has a definition, right? We know that addiction is defined as a general way, in a general way, as a compulsive, a repeat of action um, and chronic ongoing over time all right it's a pattern of using either a substance a behavior or something external to soothe comfort or arouse as a means of medicating in an uncomfortable situation so addicts typically continue with their use of their drug of choice in quotations because um, drug of choice could be something that is actually not drug it could be food it could be a lot of things but they continue in this despite negative consequences. So I wanted to start here with this particular um, part before we get into the love part of it. We've often heard about sex addiction. And so some people question whether or not it's valid. Is that a real thing? Can people really be addicted to it? If they are, how do you treat it? And sex addiction does have a definition. Um, It's considered a compulsive pattern of pursuing sexual arousal independent of the emotional attachments. So they're engaging in the act and they're engaging in pursuing that that arousal, but it has nothing to do with emotionally connecting with the person that they're actually engaging with physically. Love addiction, on the other hand, is a little bit harder to define because if we want to be honest by nature, we're all addicted to love in a way, meaning we want it, we seek it, we have a hard time not thinking about it. We need that attachment, or we believe we need that attachment to survive in our day to day. And we're instinctively seeking a connection, especially a romantic connection with another person. There's nothing dysfunctional about wanting love, but what we're looking at is when it gets to a proportion that it could be considered to be possibly unhealthy. So, love addiction is what, if we were saying that as a term, would be compulsive, chronic craving and or a pursuit of romantic love in an effort to get our sense of security and worth from another person. So let's start doing some analyzing. Are you the person that says, I just love love? You love to see people in love. You love to see people engaging and loving on one another. If you're that person that you just love to see people interacting in a positive way, that might not be a problem. But if you're engaging and compulsively craving Chronically craving being in pursuit of romantic love just because you need that as a sense of security and self worth from the other person engaged in the relationship with you, then that is something you might want to analyze and evaluate during the infatuation stage. We often believe that we have that security. And then once you get past the infatuation stage and you start to actually have your eyes opened with clarity to the person that you're engaging with, you're often disappointed and empty all over again. The intensity of the love starts to fade. The intensity of that emotion starts to fade. The problem with that is the negative consequences of that that intensity fading can be very severe but love addicts will continue to hang on to the belief that true love will fix everything, that it's the elixir that will get rid of every problem. If I'm in love, the world is right. That is the problem. We don't want to be in a place where we're using anything as a substitute for actually working through and resolving our issues. If you're using love the same way you would use food to actually sell food and actually you know, use as an adapt, an adaptive coping mechanism, then that's a problem. We often talk bad about people that gamble or we talk about people that use drugs to try to cope with their life situations, but it's no different than a person that uses love as a way of coping with their life and also coping with their self-esteem issues. So that's something to put into your, your mind. Some things that I want you to analyze. When we come back, we're going to delve into this a little bit more, and I want to give you some some examples of how this directly relates to self-esteem, and then we'll close out with giving you some ways to start breaking those love addiction patterns, if it applies to you, or advice that you can give to somebody else that possibly has it as well. Be right back. Welcome back to the podcast. In the last segment, we talked about love addiction defining what it is. And so, I want to get into looking at this a little bit deeper and talk about possibly identifying some of the causes of love addiction with a person. So, some of the causes for love addiction are fairly easy to identify. A person has an inadequate or inconsistent nurturing in childhood. They could have low self-esteem. They could have absence of a positive role model for what a committed relationship should look like. They can have been indoctrinated with cultural images of what perfect romantic love looks like and the belief in those happily ever after endings, which we all realize and know that that is not real life. That love has peaks and valleys and love can get messy. It can be positive and negative. That's what comes with relationships when people are involved. But even though we know this from a cognitive standpoint, it's not always helpful because when you're in your emotions and your feelings, it causes you to go towards the emotions and deal with that and not be rational in the process. Um, sometimes not being able to To change that drive comes from the unconscious level and you just feel compelled to do something. And oftentimes you don't even realize why you're compelled to do a particular thing. Um, A lot of times here, the things that you hear from a person that could possibly have uh, a love addiction after they get out of a bad relationship, they'll say stuff like, oh, it was the wrong guy. I'll never do that again. I'm going to find someone who's not like that person. So totally ignoring factors that need to be evaluated in the relationship that they just came out of and saying, oh, the person was wrong, but love itself is not the problem. And I'm definitely going to engage in this one more time or until I get it right. They'll probably say things like, I'm not interested in dating. Um, I just want to have someone to spend time with to spend time with from now um, for every now and then, right? So now they're trying to downplay what the situation is to make it seem like they're not really all pressed to be in a relationship. But what they're really saying in the undercurrent of that is that, yeah, they really desire to be in that, but they're not going to be vocal and expressive and honest about how they feel. Um, they'll also say things like, I'm going to go slow the next time around. So yeah, I've been married twice. But I'm not giving up on love. I believe my soulmate is out there. I just make sure the next time I get into a relationship that we take it a little bit slower than we did before. Those are some red flags. If you hear people saying things like that, and probably most of us know people that have said stuff like that, you might want to reevaluate what's going on because there is some stuff underneath that that needs to be looked at and analyzed and there may be some unhealthy roots to those particular perspectives and behaviors. So here are some of the hard facts and some of the hard truths when we're talking about love addiction and what's most likely to happen if you don't deal with these issues and you don't grow from your painful experiences as you are a child. You'll be looking for the opposite of the last experience that you had. Now, the opposite of sick, unfortunately, is not health. It's still sick. So a lot of people feel like if I just do the opposite of what I did last time or don't do like what I did last time, don't pick the same type of person that I picked last time, that it will be better. But what will end up happening is, yes, you rebound, you go to the extreme on the opposite end, but you still end up at the same destination. So just saying that I won't do what I did last time is not enough. You'll find that, your new friend will end up being the next person that you have as a romantic partner. And it'll still turn out the same even though you tried to go into this looking at it as friendship as opposed to relationship from a romantic standpoint. But nothing ever really changes. The The end goal or the end result is still the same. You might hear them say, um, you know, I'm going slow, but the reality is going slow doesn't actually happen or won't work when your hormones and infatuation start to kick in. Now you're starting to make decisions based on how you're feeling, based on your hormone levels, and the decisions might not always be the best decisions in that moment. Infatuated love is blind, right? The reality is that we often don't see or we ignore the warning signs or the behaviors that are something that we need to be concerned about in another person or in ourself. And so we have to, the truth is that wherever you go, you're there. And because you are part of the pattern and part of the problem, if you don't deal with you, then you're going to keep getting the same results. I don't care if you pick a different type of man. I don't care if you pick a different race. It doesn't matter what you pick. Because you're there and the problem is your pattern, you will always be there and this problem will be there until you deal with your pattern. So when we come back, I'm going to give you some steps that you can take to break the love addiction and then we'll close out the show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the podcast. We are talking today about love addicts and I wanted to give some tips on or steps um, initially that can be taken to break the love addiction pattern. And so here we go. Here's number one. Stop what you are doing and stand back and observe your own behavior. So this will require you to take an inventory of your dysfunctional pattern in your current and your past relationships. You need to be honest for this to work. The best way to approach this is to write it down. Be honest without blaming other people for your choices. Oftentimes, we always say what the other person did to cause this to be an issue, to cause the relationship to go bad. That is not what we're doing here. We're being honest and you're analyzing yourself and you're being Self-critical, but the criticism is not to hurt or to tear yourself down. It's in order for you to do better. Unless you're in a romantic relationship, don't engage in any potential romantic, romantic interactions for six months. See whether or not you can go for a period of time without actually engaging in a romantic relationship. And that includes don't text, don't email, no online dating, no hooking up, no introductions by well-intentioned friends. Get to know yourself, get to know your particular behavior patterns and work on changing what you did in the past so that you can be healthy going forward. Number two, as you're doing your inventory, make sure that you look for any kind of common themes that you have found in your relationships. Does there appear to be a similarity between your childhood experiences and the choices that you're making as an adult? If there are, just know it is not an accident. This did not happen by accident. So that is the inventory that is important. Seeing the things, identifying the things, seeing if there's a connection to past experiences. And then let's go into number three. If you're not in a relationship, Consider getting help professionally with someone that can help you evaluate, do this self-evaluation before you begin searching for a romantic partner in the future. This will make sure that when you go into the next relationship, that you're given the tools and the resources to do it in a healthy manner. If you are in a relationship currently, unless you're being abused, all right, don't make any decisions or demands until you look at yourself honestly, all right? So make sure that you're taking an honest, a raw, a open a view of yourself and make sure you're doing that analysis because it's necessary, all right? Number four, ask yourself how life would be if you took responsibility for your own happiness, successes and failures, and loved loved yourself the way you want to be loved by other people. Oftentimes, we seek for the external validation for something that we really should just be giving to ourselves, and don't have the ability to do that or the tools to do that. Ask yourself that question. How would my life be if I could take responsibility for my happiness? It's in my hands. I can control it. I don't have to go to another person to feel happy. I guarantee you that if you ask yourself that question, you can see... How much more positive your life could be if you realize that your happiness is in your control. Number five, make a plan to follow through on a daily basis. This is not something that you can just hit and miss with. You need to actually do this regularly. It needs to become not only a pattern of behavior, but a habit that you do consistently. You might be lonely, you might be sad, you might be frustrated at times. But if you persevere through to the end, you'll find that you've given yourself a very valuable gift. You will know yourself and you will love yourself unconditionally and you won't allow external experiences to dictate how you feel about yourself. You can only achieve this and live well if you make this self-evaluation steps that I've given you. And you'll understand that even if I'm in an imperfect relationship, that I still deserve to be loved And because I deserve to be loved, I'm going to love myself the way I deserve to be loved. The last one, number six, I'll give you is as an act of love that will last for your entire life, make sure that you accept yourself and also the one you love as is. Do not try to change people. It may not come wrapped up in the package you wanted to be in. It may not come the way you thought it would be. But love people as they are. People show you who they are, believe them, and allow them to be comfortable in the space to be themselves. If you do that, not only are you giving yourself a gift, but you're also giving other people that you're romantically attached to a gift as well. And so because of that, it gives you the opportunity to be free. You're not bound by the expectations. You're not bound by these unwritten rules that people don't even know they have to abide by. And you're also not bound binding yourself as well. You don't feel captive when you're going through life. So when we come back, we'll close out the show. Remember, we're talking today about love addicts. We'll be back in just a second. welcome back we're about to close out this episode we talked about today about love addicts hopefully something that was said was beneficial to you or something that you can use as a resource or tool for something else always remember that you can find me on social media my handle is dr malika speaks malika is spelled m-a-l-a-i-k-a and you can find me on twitter you can find me on Instagram and you can also find me on Facebook. My website address is malikambrown.com. That's malikambrown.com. And if you want to email me, you can email me at speaks at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your comments about the episode, something that you have heard or anything that you've liked in previous episodes. Drop me a line and let me know how you're liking the podcast. I would love to hear from you. As I always say, when I try to close out, Be good to yourself, be good to others, and make sure you have a great rest of your week. God bless.